Welcome to Behind the Business Podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing episodes that take you behind the scenes of industry-leading creative small businesses. We'll talk about real life, messy behind the scenes of running a successful creative business in today's world, and hopefully help you combat the perception of perfection within our industry. I hope each episode encourages you to keep showing up imperfectly within your own business and make your own unique impact on this world. Grab a cup of coffee or wine and let's get right to it. Cheers. Hi guys. Today I have Rohana Olson on the podcast. I'm super excited to be chatting with her and sharing our conversation with everyone. Rohana and I go back to a couple of Creative at Heart conferences. We were actually roomies for one and that like we had a ton of those like you know like late night conversations like after the conference which is just such a huge part of why I wanted to start the podcast in general so I'm so so excited to have you on Rohana can you introduce yourself to everyone out there yeah hi everybody I'm Rohana Olson of Rohana Olson Photography I'm based in Minneapolis Minnesota but I also work in destinations and outside yeah I'm super excited to be chatting with you today because I have seen your journey over the past couple of years of breaking into the luxury market as a wedding photographer and now also like being a destination wedding photographer. And we haven't chatted about that on the podcast, but I'm sure there's people out there who are looking to do something similar. So could you tell us your story of kind of just how you started your photography business and how you decided that you wanted to be a luxury and destination wedding photographer and how you got there? Yeah, of course. So I started my business mostly from, it was inspired by my grandparents. So they were married for 71 years and they just had like a love story to me of the ages, you know, especially like when you're younger, you know, you kind of like idolize your different people in your life. My grandparents were one of them and I watched their relationship and I just admired it and I loved it. And then when they passed on they didn't have a lot of photos of the two of them together and that really hit home for me like I was I didn't want that for other people and I just thought how important it was to to have those images and so that inspired the photography business and going into weddings which then naturally kind of branched into doing a little bit more of families because your couples get married and then they have babies and I just loved staying with people you know with the like like being inspired by two people's legacy really made me become more of like a legacy photographer in a lot of those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I slowly started to branch into the luxury market. I'm, I feel like I'm still branching into it. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I'm getting my feet wet into it and like diving in more, but it takes time to build. And mostly it was just what inspired me and what I loved photographing and what, you know, I really like architecture and I like couture fashion. And so it was just in jewelry, like I mean, what girl doesn't like jewelry but I really liked branching into those and, and having weddings that had more of those details and, and that for inspiration for their weddings. Yeah. So that's how you got into it. Would you say it was from like really showcasing kind of that side of weddings or. I would say it started with like figuring out where I drew my inspiration from. So like if I really liked architecture, then I started to research venues that had strong architecture that I really loved and good lighting and that was really important and then also showcasing honestly like simple things like sharing more in stories like luxury gowns that I really liked or designers that I was inspired Mm. by and locations that I was really inspired by and some of it was just small things like I'm a foodie and I really like food so I'd share more Mm -hmm. about like food or going to a winery and, and just small little things like showcasing more of my personal life like what my actual interests were 
-hmm. started to draw in more of that clientele, but then also trying to target and showcase more of like details that I really liked. And I think that slowly started to draw in and then honing in on how I was talking and like, was it in line with me? Was it in line with the business and where I wanted to go? But, and a big part of it was just, I would say networking too, like building out relationships and doing venue tours and meeting people that are outside of where I currently was networking with, like getting outside of my comfort zone mm -hmm. and really just meeting people. Like, especially like, you know, I feel like a lot of people say planners. I'm not saying go target planners by any means, but what I'm saying is like, there is a planner that I've always wanted to work with and I was really inspired by her work. And I just connected like, I can't remember what it was exactly. I think it was something with her kiddos on stories and I'd had the same thing for my daughter. And so I just mentioned something and we started talking and I just sent her a message. I was like, I'm super inspired by your work. Like, it's beautiful. It's mm -hmm. absolutely stunning. If there's anything I can ever do, you know, let me know kind of a thing. And then actually it worked out. She came back to me two years later. So long game guys. Yeah. And I got to photograph details for her at a wedding. She was doing, mm -hmm. so I need someone to come do these details for me because I want like solidified images because on a wedding day do you always have time to take pictures of these like big details that planners put into play and that's not always true or it doesn't always happen and so mm -hmm. I did that for her and it started that relationship and I felt like it was really nice but it was very organic and so that's the other thing is you really want to it kind of goes back to I can't remember who it was that told me this a long time ago that was find your people love your people yeah and yeah. I feel like I really have taken that to heart and focus more on finding my people and then loving those people really well without like expectations, not expecting anything else in return, just truly loving on people. And I feel like that's honestly helped me break into a different market. Yeah. I will say it's, it's not something that is instantaneous. Like it does really take some time. Even personally, there was a venue that I have wanted to shoot at for years and years and years. It's a local winery here. And I love the winery, like just in general, but it took so many years of going there, tagging the winery whenever I would go. I would recommend it as like an engagement session location for my couples. So I got to know the team through doing a few of those. Years ago, I reached out and was like, hey, like if you guys ever need any photos, like please let me know. I'm sure they have a ton of photographers that ask them that, but because they had seen me at the actual winery before, I think they recognized my name a little bit. And the first time I asked them, they're like, no, like we don't have anything for you right now. But they came back, I want to say like six months later or something. And we're like, hey, we actually do have this new farmhouse space that the guys are going to be able to use to get ready. Could you take some photos of those if you ever have the time? And that kind of just like very, very slowly over like years and years snowballed into like taking pictures of some of their seasonal food stuff. So actually like more like branding type work. I see that on your stories. I'm thinking that was so neat to see. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love working with them. And it's funny that my, my love for branding kind of started from there, from my very <laughs> wanting to like work with them wedding size and it's like oh, cool. now like transitioned the other way. But yeah, it took, I want to say like two or three years of kind of like that back and forth and working with them regularly before I was on their vendor list. And so it's definitely a slow game, but it does pay off, I would say over time. And I think the biggest thing is like really just connecting with people first, because I think like your work can be absolutely gorgeous, but at the end of the day, like people are working with people, people are buying from people. Like you hear that saying all the time. And I think that that's so, so true. And I love that that has kind of just been one of your first steps for breaking into the luxury market. Would you say that it happened 
pretty organically for you or were you kind of intentional about it? I've been fairly, fairly intentional about it. And even from like an education standpoint, like I joined a group, Educate, Empower, Encourage, E3. We all know it as E3. It's a like a luxury group that markets and, and teaches some of that. And so that's been really good for like education. And then just building connections with even other mentors that are at that next level that I'm not at yet. Mm-hmm. Um, just learning from them and taking in as much as I can and then tweaking that to what my personality is. Like, I think there's mm-hmm. a huge thing of like intaking information and then how can you apply that to you in like a genuine, authentic manner? Because I think sometimes... Mm-hmm you know, so many things get regurgitated over the years from other people and other things. And so I always want to make sure that I sound like me in the process. And that's probably one of my biggest compliments I've ever received from clients is they'll be like, Mm -hmm. Hey, like you are exactly how you seem online in person. I'm like, thank goodness. Like that is the goal. Yeah. How would you like encourage other people to kind of curate a brand that does attract those higher end clients while staying true to themselves? Like, are there any like specific ways that you would encourage them to do that? Well, I definitely think like seeing what inspires you or what like, you know, if you take a look at like luxury brands, for example, that you might really like, for example, like I have loved Chanel forever and I, it starts way back from when I was younger, which time my grandma had a vintage bottle. And so I was always like, what is this? You know, kind of a thing, but taking a look at some luxury brands that you might like as a person, like yourself, Mm -hmm. what do you like about those things? What do you like about how they market? What do you like about their products? Have you gone and experienced it? What do you like about the experience? Taking those pieces that you love and then trying to apply it to your business. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like starting with like what attracts like your attention, like what inspires Mm -hmm. you and then finding a way to kind of like build that and bake that into your own business. So I love that. And I know that you recently started doing destination weddings as well. And so how did you decide to do that? How did that just become a part of your journey? Some of it was I had a wedding and some of the bridesmaids that were there lived in different locations. And so then I got hired from them. So that kind of started it, but also my region. So I live in Minnesota. We get four hard seasons a year and winter can get really, really long. (laughs) And, you know, our typical like working season here really is like May, to probably October, early November, but we could get Mm -hmm. snow in like the middle of October without a problem. And so, you know, that just, that makes your work time, right? So then you're really only working for five, six months out of the year. And then there's those Mm -hmm. slow seasons. And I do like, I naturally do like to travel. I've always had a travel like bug in me. And so it's fun for me to go to new places. And I have so many different friendships and connections all over the place. That's always nice to like catch up with different people and then go where my people are. And a lot of my people don't Mm. live in Minnesota. Yeah. So it just naturally kind of came about that way. Plus then I get out of the state and I get out of the cold weather. And so it's kind of like merging those two loves together. Yeah. Do you have (laughs) tips for traveling with your gear for if you're doing a destination wedding? I do everything in my carry on. Sometimes I'll check a bag of clothes depending on where I'm going if I'm excited like how long I'm going to be there. But I try to do like, I mean, I have a camera backpack like half of the world of photographers have. And so like all my gear goes in there and then my light stands and my flash and everything goes on half of my carry-on and then I shove my clothes on the other. But- Having to learn how to pack light is a whole new ballgame. Yeah, I am thinking about it and I'm like, would my light stands fit in my carry-on? My biggest question has always been like, 
with those, I don't know, condense in there. But I do try to like in general act light for weddings. And so I feel like it would like force you to even more so streamline. But okay, that's really helpful. So you just basically try to have everything in your carry on. I try. I mean, sometimes it doesn't happen, but I try. (laughs) And I mean, part of it's like my, I don't know, over controlling personality and more like I want to know where everything is at all times. And I just saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, do air tags, like the Mm -hmm. air tags Mm -hmm. on their checked luggage so they know where it is at all times. And so I told them, like, so for Christmas, let's get some air tags. I have one on my cat actually like on his collar because I'm just like I just need to know that he's gonna be okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So I'm gonna ask you kind of a spin-off question. How do you market to several areas or do you just market yourself as a destination wedding photographer who's up to travel to wherever? I mostly do that and market as a destination but then if I'm traveling places and don't know like whether I'm going for work or I'm just going on a girl's trip or I'm going with family kind of a thing. I make sure that I take lots of videos and like geotag the location or I try to take, take like architecture pictures or like beverage pictures of things, like, you know, a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually I do try to set up like even if I'm going somewhere for like fun, I usually try to set up a shoot in some way, shape or form so that I have the content to utilize to market going ah, that's super smart okay yeah I always wondered about destination with photographers just because that's not something that I've intentionally worked towards but that makes sense to get as much content in the area while you're there whether it is shooting or yeah. for fun so that you have that later on and can utilize it in the future so I love yeah, that that was a tip that I was given and I really like that and then also just you know I follow a lot of travel accounts too on Instagram and so I was like to like comment and see things and also pay attention to like where are people going or where are these locations and just to kind of get more information so that I can mm-hmm. be like a go-to of knowledge and I like have a running mm-hmm. doc of just different things that I've seen and I'll try to to do and I'm trying to get better about this in general is like writing down like the really good restaurants that I went to or like cool places to see or you know I went on this walk and this spot was really pretty like note to self mm-hmm. like this is kind of where it is sort of a thing and then take a picture from that location so that I know how it coincides together that sounds awesome do you blog your personal travel in that I way didn't really blog for like a year <laughs> <laughs> that's okay yeah but I am gonna be starting to blog more of my, my personal travel and start pulling those okay. things together for the longest time you know I rebranded in the last like year and so I kind of took a like break from blogging in that respect and so beforehand mm-hmm. I wasn't as personal of a brand and so now I'm trying to be more of a personal brand in my own way I guess for the longest time like coming from the corporate world I was like nope the business is the business and it's got to be this way Mm -hmm. and then I'm like you know what I need to infuse more of me into this and so in doing that it's starting to build up more. How does that look like for you because I know that running a personal brand means like different things to different people so I want to hear behind the scenes what does that look like to you specifically in the way that you have done that intentionally post your rebrand? So I really am just trying to show up more, you know, with my face as the brand too. And then also like sharing a little bit more about the behind the scenes or like little pieces of my family or little pieces or things that I really enjoy, like sharing more about hobbies or places that I've traveled or things that I really like or new things that I'm really excited about that I got mail, you know, just different mm-hmm. pieces like that and starting to share more because for the longest time I really didn't. Yeah, I feel like 
for me as an introvert, that has been so, so hard, but I've also seen whenever I've done that, it has inspired so many more connections with people who are already following me or people who are new to following me. It just builds a stronger connection point because a lot of times, especially if you are a wedding photographer, like your clients aren't business owners, so they don't have that level to relate with you on. But if you're talking about like, loving a certain type of food or like you're a foodie and like you go and experience different restaurants like that's an experience that they can like usually relate with or even like on the fashion side of things like if you love specific brands and they do too that's a very easy connection point that just adds another level of I don't even know what the word is but just connection I guess between the two of you and forms that bond yeah 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 it's been and it's been fun like some of the feedback, you know, people are like, oh, wait, I didn't know he likes this or, you know, and we've started to have conversations and I mean, my dog does really well on social media. I think everybody <laughs> does really well. Or like my kid will pop on on stories all the time or she'll like have something to say or like be doing stuff that's like in the background and everybody always engages with that. Yeah. I always feel, am I sharing too much of my cat Keegan? <laughs> but people love seeing just like random things that he's doing because it's just very relatable. I feel like. It is like I was doing a behind the scenes of a wedding earlier this summer and Juniper, that's my dog, like one Mm -hmm. of my dogs. I was loading up the back of my car and kind of doing like a rundown of everything that I bring with me. And it was a destination. It was a drivable destination, but it was still something. And so I was showcasing it and she just jumps right in the back of my car. And then on stories, they were seeing me argue with my dog to get her out of the back of my car. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it humanizes. I had in a really long time from that whole... (laughs) That whole fiasco. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's very behind the scenes, I think. And like the process and not necessarily just the final, like super curated end product. Yeah. And I need to get stories for like anything that's not curated and behind the scenes. That's what I really use stories for. And then of course, like the feed, which advice is probably bad because of reels are changing the game of everything. But I try to really like showcase on my feed like what I want to work and like those sorts of pieces like that's where I carry in my stories is just a free-for-all I'm sure all of this is going to change because of reels (laughs) yeah take this with a grain of salt it is currently (laughs) August of 2022 (laughs) of when we're recording if things just completely changed (laughs) Rohana like knows what she's talking about for the current time (laughs) for the current time not the future Dude, who knows what is going to happen. But I will say sharing snippets of that through stories. I mean, it still makes sense. It's also still video content. So fingers crossed stories are still around. But I like that distinction of having like one place where you can really show your like curated portfolio work that's intentionally meant to attract a certain type of weddings, but then having another space where you can really show off your personality and like you is like the person behind the business or the person behind the brand. And hopefully that advice is still applicable no matter what the social media landscape looks like in the future. (laughs) Right. Well, I kind of do that in my, like my email newsletters too. So like usually there's like one that goes out once a month that kind of goes over what's new in the block, what is work related, like things are launching or things like that. And then I have a second one that's just kind of like a, you know, just kind of gives me an overview. Like I tell people like, mm-hmm. what am I reading this month? What am I eating this mm-hmm. month? What recipe am I trying? Where have I traveled? And I usually do like a four block images of that. So I do share some of that more in my email. And that's really fun. Cause then I can kind of curate that. Like 
when like, I saw I purchased a Hill House nap dress. I'm obsessed. And it's so, like, I shared that in an email and I got so many responses back. So I try to do a little bit of personal there too. And it's just links. And I don't, I don't have like the link to shop it or anything like that. I just like link, like, this is what I just got kind of a mm-hmm. thing. But it kind of relates to the travel too. Cause I, like I'll showcase that area that I'm traveling to, or I'll showcase like a new restaurant and things like that through my email list too taking things in a little bit of a different direction, but also very true to the Behind the Business podcast message and theme. I know you talk a lot about creating a life-giving schedule. So I wanted to hear a little bit about what that looks like for you specifically first. So for me specifically, it means that I'm balancing my schedule so that I have my life figured out first. Like making sure that I'm doing fun stuff with my daughter and that my husband and I are going on date nights and we're doing the the stuff that I always wanted and then building my business around that aspect so that mm-hmm. I'm running my life instead of my business running my life is like the easiest way to describe it because we get into business typically I mean I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs either get into the business because they want to work for themselves or they don't want the nine to five and they don't want their only like two weeks of vacation a year that means as entrepreneurs a lot of times you still start like you'll start working more than your 40 hours a week and then you don't actually take time off and so reverse engineering that so that I'm taking time off and I'm doing that stuff that I've always wanted to do and then doing the Mm -hmm. business so how do you tactically go about doing that is that something that you look at every month or how do you lock that time off well like with my husband because he works a regular like nine to five job we plan out like towards the end of the year we plan out for the next year because he has his vacation days. Like, what are we going to do for vacations? So that gets marked off the calendar right away. And I always like to know when I'm taking time off. And I've worked really hard. Like the first few years in business, I didn't take the holidays off. I thought that I needed to like work through the holidays. And I think that's the life-giving schedule really was born out of because I just remember working on Christmas Eve. I think Freya was two and I had, I had done a photo shoot on Christmas Eve. That was the first mistake. And then they like wanted pictures for Christmas day. And so I'm up like editing and getting everything done. And my husband's like, what, what are you doing? Like it's Christmas Eve. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, once I take off, like I, I know that I'm taking time off around the holidays and then I look at her schedule and if we're going to get her into activities or not, and, like when are those days of those activities and like marking all of that off. And then i plan like my girlfriend and I go on a trip every year so that gets marked off so I pretty much like mark off all of the fun stuff that I can think of and then I start building when I'm going to work around those things okay yeah that makes sense so you kind of like take a you're at a glance view of things block things off well well in advance and then with your clients have you ever run into a situation where people have asked to work or to do a shoot or a wedding or something on a day that you have marked off and how do you that Kind of depends. I mean, sometimes like I did have a wedding that I had to turn away just because I really wanted it. I loved them to death, but it was my husband. I had already booked a vacation. (laughs) Like it has already booked. And so of course, like I turned that away. I think the one thing where I run into that issue more is Mm -hmm. like for family sessions or like senior sessions, Mm -hmm. like they typically want a weekend because like mom or dad wants to be there or like a family session, like mom and dad can't take time off during the week. And so in full transparency, like Saturdays, I just don't like, that's a straight boundary that I don't take anything mm-hmm. but a wedding on a Saturday. And then if it's a Sunday, there's, there's a, there's an increase in your cost. Cause that's yeah. time away from my family. Okay. And mm-hmm. I tell them that like up front, like, you know, some, if you want this date, like Sundays are X amount of dollars, but like Monday through Thursday is X amount. 
Putting that right away, that was like a scary, that was a really scary thing to implement, but it mm-hmm. served my family really well and it serves my clients and I feel like it's okay to be upfront with them, mm-hmm. you know, and it humanizes us as business owners too. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like it also always feels scarier before you actually do it. And then once you do it, you're like, okay, this is, this is good. Sigh of relief. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. (laughs) I was going to ask, what is one piece of advice that you would give for listeners out there who want to get a hold of their schedule and create what is a life-giving schedule to them? I would say first you want to figure out like what your personal priorities are and like, what is it that you really want to do? So do you want to go out with friends like every Thursday or do you want to have date night on a certain day or what does that look like and then how much do you really want to work like what does your schedule really want to be and then and then start building your two days around that it's like I used to take sessions every single day because I just was like it's work and I gotta take it you know Mm -hmm. now Tuesdays and Thursdays are like Tuesdays Thursdays and then every other Fridays during like summer and fall are my shoot days Mm -hmm. and that's when I photograph and then like I said, like Sundays are a different charge for Sunday photography, but I love it because then I know like Tuesdays, Thursdays are photo shoots mm-hmm. and then it's a little bit more planned. And so that I know like Monday night, actually we started doing like Monday night pizza night or Monday night ice cream dates. And so I know that mm-hmm. I can add that into the schedule for myself. And I still really like those pieces. So I think starting to figure out like, when do you want to take off? Like what makes you happy? Like what lights you up in your personal life? And then maybe just pick one thing to kind of change in your schedule. So if you're taking photo sessions every night, maybe pick what days of the week do I want to do this and just starting really small. Or like maybe that. you're like booking double headers left and right and you don't want to be doing that. So maybe look at that and be like, okay, do I need to raise my prices a little bit or do I only work, you know, two weekends? Like July, I typically only take one wedding in July because we do a lot of family stuff in July. And I don't take anything around the 4th of July because we always take time off for that. Yeah, for me, that one has always been non-negotiable because I know that we're always like either traveling to see family or doing a big family thing together for 4th of July. I like that intentionally thinking through what is going to get your yes and what is going to get your no before the fact because otherwise you will just say yes to everything and try to do everything and then be like, well, my schedule is kind of crazy and out of control. So, And I feel like if you can start to really control your schedule and manage it well, I feel like in some ways that can start to prevent burnout. It might not, but it's at least a first step in starting to prevent that because a lot of times burnout happens from just overscheduling. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like that's a huge step to tackling it. And I think another thing that you said as well is what works for you? What are your priorities? How much do you want to be working? Because I think a lot of times we'll be like, okay, like I have these days blocked off, but then we don't necessarily think about how much time do you actually want to spend working? That's, I feel like a different question that we don't always ask ourselves that I think is super, super important and can kind of help with preventing burnout. Take us behind the scenes of your business. What are you currently working on this year? So currently working on mostly has been marketing in the new area because we moved a little over a year and a half ago now and maybe actually getting a podcast up and going that I've been talking about for two years. (laughs) That's, That's the plan. I'm really hoping for a quarter four of this year or, you know, early next year. So for everyone who wants to continue following along with you, where can they find you online? I hang out the most on Instagram. So that's going to be at Rohana Olson. And then my website is RohanaOlson.com. 
Or if you just want to email old school way, it's hello at rohanaolson.com. Love that. And we'll link all of that down in the show notes. But Rohana, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Can't wait for you to maybe, maybe launch your own in Q4 and for everyone to be able to follow along with you there. Thank you guys so much. And I will catch everyone in the next episode. If you're loving this episode, I would love for you to swipe a page or two out of my free resources library. I have a free class all on the systems you need to quickly grow your photography business. I cover three key systems that you need in place to be able to grow your business and triple your wedding bookings and go full time in less than one year. I also have another freebie just for you. I am letting you swipe my booked wedding client questionnaire. Be sure to go to manaliphotography.com or see the show notes to grab either one of these two freebies. And I can't wait to see how it helps you grow your business.